Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kira Mack, and delighted you've been able to tune in with us yet again. Now, before we do get into today's show, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share if you get a chance. If you like listening on a podcast player, check out the link in the description. It'll take you to a website where all the available podcast players are that we're on. And finally, if you'd like to support the show, if you get some value out of the show, you can always buy us a coffee in the link down below in the description. So, Songkran is over. We've had a a couple of days rest and relaxation enjoying the festivities i hope everybody else did and you had a great time out and about around the country for those who are not in the country who may have missed it yes Songkran was great beautiful weather and yeah thoroughly an enjoyable time of the year but we're going to jump into the top five stories doing the rounds in thailand and the first story is beauty contestant others charged with abduction ransom of a chinese man A former beauty contestant is among six suspects arrested over the abduction and 3.93 million baht ransom of her wealthy former Chinese boyfriend. Police said they will also face charges of robbery and computer crimes. The abduction was allegedly plotted by the former girlfriend and her Thai boyfriend who had no job and liked gambling. The six suspects, four men and two women, were arrested separately in Bangkok, Prachapkiri Khan and Patumtani province on Monday, police said. The arrest followed a complaint filed with Lumpini police on April 15th by a Chinese man, UG, age 30, that his friend Wang Nangfeng, 33, had been abducted from a condominium room in Lumpini area of Patuan district. The suspects are Pechelada Sangsakun, 24, her Thai boyfriend and uh, various other friends that seem to be involved in all this. Mrs. Uh, Pechelada, known as Nam Pech, was a Miss Grand Supanburi contestant in 2020 and is the former girlfriend of the Chinese victim. She was placed fifth in the beauty pageant. Police initially charged them with colluding in abduction, physical assault, extortion and illegal detention. Police Colonel Nimnit, Chief of Lumpini Police, said on Tuesday that police had now pressed additional charges of colluding in robbery and computer crimes against the suspects. Some suspects have confessed to the charges, he said. Police had impounded the bank accounts of some of the suspects. On Tuesday, one of the suspects, Mr. Natapat, would be taken to the Bangkok South Criminal Court, where police would apply to detain him for a further 12 days, he said. The five others were still being questioned, police Colonel Nimnit said. Further details of the investigation were being withheld while the investigation was extended, he noted. The complainant, Mr. Yu, told police that he had been unable to contact his friend, Mr. Wang. His friend later contacted him via video call. He said not to file a police complaint as his abductors would free him after a ransom was paid. However, Mr. Yu said he noticed his friend had bruises on his face and he feared Mr. Wang might be killed. This drove him to file the complaint. Police investigators learned Mr. Wang formerly had a Thai girlfriend, later identified as Miss Pechalada. The relationship had lasted more than a year. He ended it about three months ago. The women knew Mr. Wang was wealthy and involved in a so-called grey business and allegedly abducted him for ransom with the help of the other suspects. She believed he would not dare complain to the police as he was wanted on an arrest warrant issued in his home country, China, according to police. She allegedly plotted with her Thai boyfriend, Mr. Supan, to abduct and hold Mr. Wang for ransom. Mr. Supan and two other men entered Wang's condominium room using a keycard provided by Miss Pechalada. The abductors had tied Mr. Wang's hands and feet and put him in a large plastic box which had was put in a car and drove to Hua Hin district in Prachakiri Khan where they stayed for one night. 
The men allegedly assaulted Mr. Wang before making a video call to Mr. Yu, demanding he transfer a total of 3.93 million baht to the bank account of Mr. Natapat and other women accomplices, the suspect told Miss Sarita. And uh, that's basically what has been going on. It's been in the news now a couple of days. I saw the box that he was placed in. I mean, it looked no bigger than a, a plastic box you'd, you know, keep bits and pieces in and around your house so yeah he fairly brutal now it does show you that people do think that because he was in a so-called gray business that they wouldn't go to the police and i guess this kind of extortion seems to be coming very common amongst chinese at the moment there's been a number of chinese abductions a number of chinese people killed and I'm not quite sure exactly what the police here have been doing to combat this. It seems that people are very easily, very unsavory people are very easily able to enter Thailand at the moment. There seems to be no background checks. There seems to be absolutely nothing to deter people from coming to this country and committing crimes. And as we have seen and covered news in the past couple of months, Chinese have been at the forefront of all these crimes that have been going on. So I think the police now need to start taking a little more serious what's going on i think immigration need to be looking a lot closer at people traveling here to thailand and i mean they work so closely with the chinese anyway so it shouldn't be too hard to identify unsavory characters coming to the country now where does this all lead leave things for the future well i think one of what's going to happen in the not so distant future i think there's going to be a huge crackdown on these volunteer and education visas across the board not just for chinese people because this is how they're staying longer they're staying longer on volunteer visas and on education visas and i think people who are genuinely on these visas are going to get caught up in what i think is going to be a big clampdown in the not too too distant future but nevertheless we'll move on to another story about Songkran and uh, basically about the traffic accidents that have been going on over the last seven days so 2203 accidents 264 deaths with 2208 injuries and that is the headline there were 2203 road accidents causing 264 deaths and 2208 injuries during the Songkran festival from the 11th to the 17th of april according to official figures released on tuesday interior deputy permanent secretary said that on monday the last of the seven days for safe driving there were 183 accidents with 16 deaths and 202 injuries speeding contributed to 45 percent of the accidents on monday followed by sudden lanes switching about 17%. He said 80% of the accidents involved motorcycles and about 46% occurred on highways and about 30% on local Tambon and village roads. Most or 83.6% of accidents occurred on straight roads. The most accident prone period was between 3 and 4 p.m. each day with 9.3% of all accidents. Kanchanapuri recorded the highest number of accidents 11 and highest number of injuries 13. Now, it does go on to talk about the various other deaths and uh, hotspots around the country. But the bottom line is, is that the amount of accidents for this safe week. What does a safe week? Surely every day, every week should be a safe week. So let's just quickly rehash and have a quick look at the current figures here in Thailand in relation to accidents. So actually, today is the 18th. And as of today, the 18th on today, 1,702 people were injured with 17 deaths today. Now, the annual data for this year, we've had 245,334 injuries on the road with 4,838 deaths this year. And we're only in the middle of April. 
It's kind of crazy to think that that's the kind of mayhem on the road. Now, 80% of accidents in Thailand are on motorbikes. So that's why I'm always going on to foreigners here about getting on motorbikes and, you know, and being very, very careful. They, especially tourists, seem to have no concept of the danger they're putting themselves in. Actually, I recently saw a TikTok where a girl was on one of these islands somewhere, I think it was Koh Phangan, and she was talking about, oh, I'm going to have to rent a motorbike finally. You know, I see all my friends have been telling me to do it. You know, I haven't ridden a motorbike before, but I should be fine. I mean, this is the nonsense. So you don't have a motorbike license. You've never ridden a motorbike before. And you think this is the place to start doing it in. Absolutely not. But that's just my opinion. on. I mean, obviously, people have other opinions. They think, oh, you should let people do whatever they want. But I also say that, yes, okay, let people do what they want. But that's only if they injure themselves. But what happens in most of these accidents is they're injuring other people. So, no, we shouldn't let them do what they want because they cause mayhem and they cause carnage and they kill other people and injure other people in the process. But nevertheless, this doesn't seem to be a big deal for the government here in Thailand. I tell you when it'll become a big deal is when you start seeing warnings from governments, you know, on their various travel websites saying... Do not go to Thailand. Very dangerous. If you go there, this is a travel advisory against different things in the country. And that's the only time things will change because, I mean, they only care about two times a year. They care about Songkran and over Christmas. The rest of the time, it's a free-for-all, which is terrible. And these amounts of deaths in the last week was them making an effort to stop road accidents. That really kind of says it all to you but i'd love to know your opinion on it here how do you find driving here in the country you know compared to your own country do you find it better or worse i mean do you even drive here in in the country and if not what is your mode of transport when you are out and about now we have another story coming out of bangkok bangkok taxi driver condemned for ripping off foreign tourists i think this is a regular thing by the way thai netizens contemned a bangkok taxi driver for ripping off two foreign tourists the driver was caught on a viral video charging the tourist 700 baht for about a seven kilometer trip which was considered almost seven times more expensive than the standard fare on saturday april 15th the facebook page called let me know if you want to be famous posted a video capturing the moment when two foreign women were traveling by taxi in Bangkok, the caption stated, A page follower found this video and sent it to me. Songkran is the golden time for taxi drivers. The follower told me that he watched a live stream of these two foreign tourists while they were travelling in Thailand during the Songkran festival. They took a taxi from Bang- a Bangkok hotel to Asitik, the riverfront. It took less than 10 kilometers, but... The driver asked for 700 baht fare. This is 10 times more expensive than the standard fare. In this video, the two foreign women are seen getting into the yellow ta- yellow green taxi in front of uh, their Bangkok hotel. After the driver learned that the destination was Asitik, the riverfront, he said, it's 700 baht because of the traffic. The tourists were shocked by the price and urged the driver to turn the meter on, but the driver refused, he said. No, no, it's traffic, 700 baht. The video cut off during the negotiation. The Facebook page included the taxi registration plate in the caption as well. It's Bangkok registered 13583. The follower added a lot of foreigners were watching the live stream and this action completely damaged the country's image. It's not a new thing that taxi drivers are charging like that in Bangkok. In fact, this is probably the tip of the iceberg. Now, Anytime I have gone to Bangkok, it's basically a fight many, many times to find someone who will actually turn the meter on. Now, if you arrive at the airport, they will turn the meter on. That's a kind of a guarantee, right? Uh, I've never had an issue with that. Always happens. I think they're a lot more well-behaved there. Probably also because 
they're being scrutinized a lot more when they're at the airport. But if you're in downtown Bangkok, any of the areas, and you hail a taxi and it pulled over, I mean, the first thing you nearly ask them is, are you going to turn your meter on? Most of them that I've had the experience of always say, no, no, no. And then when you say, no, 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 your meter, they just drive off. And this goes on an awful lot. They're looking for tourists where they can feel they can rip them off with higher fares because, you know, that's what they do there. Taxi drivers, a lot of them are very dishonest in that kind of way. And I really think that the only way to stop it is when it happens to you is to snap a picture of the number plate and they have a hotline where you can text in and tell them what happened. And I think that's the only way that'll put it in. When everybody starts doing it and these guys start getting fined and suspended, it's the only way it'll actually stop. The bottom line is there's a meter there for a reason. The fares are reasonable. It's done so everything is fair for the traveler, for the driver, everybody, you know, there's a service provided. The taxi driver is making a living out of it, etc., etc. A lot of taxi drivers, I, I seem to think what they want is they want one fare so that they can go, that's me done for the day. I've made 700 baht. I'm off home. That's what I think half the time is, rather than having to work for a living for the course of the day. Now, in saying that, I've met a lot of good taxi drivers in Bangkok who do turn their meter on. You don't even have to ask. You get in and the first thing is they put the meter on. But I think some of these are also clued in that with social media these days, when you don't turn it on, when you don't turn that meter on, that you can quickly become a viral sensation for the wrong reasons on Thai social media. So these kind of things also, I think, are playing into it as well. Now, we're going to move on to our next story, and this is quite an interesting. I'm not going to go through the whole story because it's quite long, but it's coming out of Phuket. An American stomped at Phuket, Bob. Police deny inaction. Now, Shillong police have been have denied that they are stalling their investigation into an American tourist being stomped on the face by a security staffer at the Laguna Plaza bar complex on Visit Road in Rawai. The response came not in an official signed statement, but in an unsigned post on the Phuket Provincial Police official Facebook page yesterday. Now, according to the post, the response was issued after a national news channel, Tyrat TV, broadcast a report on Sunday in which the American tourist Bryce Allen Terzian, 33, went public to explain the incident and confirmed that after seven days, Shillong Police, he had not received any reports of progress in the case. Of note, despite taking seven days and being called out on national Thai TV over lack of action in the case, the Phuket Provincial Police post yesterday came less than 12 hours after the Thai Rat News programme was broadcast at about 7.25pm on the Sunday. Mr. Therizian reported the incident to Shillong Police on April 9th, police admitted yesterday. Now, according to the Post, Mr. Terzian said that the incident occurred at the Laguna Bar in Rawai at about 4am in the morning. Now, remember that time, 4am. However, the Laguna Bar shut down and reopened with a grand reopening red party in August last year. The nightclub is now named Club Zoo, though police have not to use the name during uh, the identification of the location. According to police, there was an argument with the DJ and there was an altercation resulting in Mr. Terzian being dragged away by security staff. Now after that, one security guard, later named by police as Prasert Matsatun, attacked Mr. Terzian until he was injured, therefore leading to the complaint for investigators at Shillong Police Station to track down the perpetrators to prosecute the law, he the post said. Now during the assault, the nightclub security staffer stomped on Mr. Terzian's face, breaking his nose, police explained. 
According to the post by the Phuket Provincial Police yesterday, Shillong Police, after a week, were still waiting for a medical report to confirm the extent of the injuries to Mr. Terzian. According to the post, Shillong Police cannot proceed further with their investigations until they have received the medical report confirming the injuries suffered by Mr. Terzian. Furthermore, Shillong police officers claim they are unable to even request CCTV footage of the incident until they receive the medical report, despite CCTV videos of the incident already spreading online. We are in the process of accelerating following up on physical examination results in order to issue a summons or request approval for the issuance of an arrest warrant for the accused in order to prosecute according to the law, including collecting evidence such as closed circuit television cameras inside the store to prove whether there were other illegal acts or not, the post read according to the Phuket Provincial Police. Of note, the report by police, which publicly revealed Mr. Terzian's passport number, in addition to not correctly publicizing the venue where the stomping took place, did not name any of the suspects the police were allegedly investigating. Also of note, Shillong police, and consequently Phuket Provincial Police, expressed no interest in investigating why the Laguna Bar was still open at 4am. With details of the incident and the role Shillong police have played so far in the investigation, police late yesterday announced that they had magically now had a medical report in hand, and apparently he did not break his nose. He suffered no injuries, according to what he claimed, and then he claimed that he was drunk. Shillong police, as of yesterday, claimed that the altercation was yet another misunderstanding, resulting from a miscommunication like nearly every incident that police in Phuket want to disregard as soon as possible. Now, according to the Shillong police, Mr. Terzian, as of yesterday, waived his right to any damages resulting from him being stomped on the face. Now, this is quite an interesting story because this bar doesn't have a permit currently and it was open at 4 a.m. It seems to me that the police and what they were trying to do um, is basically stall this because they were worried that people might be asking how a nightclub is open with no license, no permit to be open and at 4 a.m. And what the police have been doing to close down these venues. Obviously, they've been doing very little and what they were trying to do was stall the whole issue so that give them time to, you know, let's say, get things, uh, or let's give them time to hope it disappears and nobody will talk about it again. I guess he waived his right to any claim of compensation, which I don't know whether or not that is really true. But it seems to me, as always, when the police are involved here and there's any kind of illegal activities going on that they should have already clamped down on, they're not very quick to step in and get it sorted out. And that's what it looks like in this story to me as well. But what you guys think about it all. It's quite a complicated thing, but nevertheless, I just think something very suspicious seemed to be going on. And of course, it always only gets brought into the light when, you know, the Thai media shine a light on it. And then suddenly they're like, you know, it's it's like Inspector Gadget to the rescue. Here we go. Quick investigation. Anyway, nevertheless, final story of the day. Phuket officials assure smog is clearing. Now, for anyone who's staying in Phuket or Panya at the moment, you'll notice there's a weird kind of mist hanging over us. You can't quite see the sun too clearly. Well, that's because there is smog sitting all over Phuket and Panya at the moment. And uh, I saw the current readings on uh, IQ Air for Phuket and Panya was about 156, 160, which is unhealthy for human breeding, just to let you know. But nevertheless, don't fear, the Phuket governor says, that uh, it's okay, it's not PM 2.5, because we don't have that down here. But Phuket officials have assured that the heavy smog that has plagued Phuket and Panya for days is now clearing and that people can safely enjoy outdoor activities. 
Phuket Governor Narong Wunsi at a meeting yesterday said that the unclear air was a natural phenomenon in the summer. It's not a problem of PM 2.5 dust and he has ordered the relevant agencies to closely monitor the situation, said an official report. Regardless, the Phuket Info Centre, operated under the Phuket branch of the Ministry of Interior, today posted photos proving otherwise. One image taken from CCTV showed heavy smog at 6.30am, and today another posted later showed the headlands at Patong very unclear as seen from Patong Beach at 8.30am. Governor Narong yesterday recognised the poor air quality had raised concerns among many people, especially regarding PM 2.5 dust. But from checking the data with the Southern Meteorological Centre on the West Coast, it is known that the weather in Phuket is still in good condition, he said. It's not a problem of PM 2.5 dust at all, but a natural phenomenon in the summer, which is about to change into the rainy season, he added, said the official report. Therefore, I do not want people to worry. People can still engage in various outdoor activities due to the condition of the area of Phuket, which will have wind blowing all the time. In addition, Phuket is a tourist city and a residential area, not agricultural area, so there isn't much burning and no hot spots of concern have been found on the island, and I have instructed relevant agencies to closely monitor the situation, the governor said. It is expected that such characteristics and part of this may be due to climate change, he noted. Despite his assurances, Governor Narong yesterday himself still urged people with health issues to remain vigilant for ill effects of their health brought on by the smog. The health of people at risk such as children, the elderly, pregnant women and patients with congenital diseases in the group of respiratory diseases and cardiovascular diseases should be monitored. If there are initial symptoms such as coughing, difficulty breathing, eye irritation, the duration of outdoor activities should be reduced for health care during this period. Now, I don't know what he's smoking, but I trust IQ Air website. I trust the other ones that I've looked at. And if they tell you that the air in Phuket is unhealthy, I'm going to believe them. Because this guy, his only job is to make sure that the books keep rolling into Phuket and Phuket doesn't have any negative publicity. I mean, it's climate change now. This is the new trend. Of course, they use this in the West a lot. I've noted that here in Thailand that a lot of Thais are using phrases that you find in the West, but not really understanding or able to explain why this smog that's floating around in the air is from climate change and not from burning or other issues that may be affecting Thailand. Nevertheless, it was rather uncomfortable last couple of days. I think uh, a lot of people that I spoke to were not happy with, and they certainly were not happy with the response of the governor. But nevertheless, hopefully it will lift in the next couple of days. But yeah, it has not been great. And as I said, the IQ air score that it gave Phuket was rather, well, actually was the same as Bangkok. So there you go. And Bangkok is a city full of all kinds of different things, you know, between the buses and the diesel buses and the different things there and actual PM 2.5. I think the governor should kind of wake up and just talk honestly with the people rather than try to fill them with a bunch of nonsense in the hope they might buy it up but nevertheless that is it for today once again guys thanks for tuning in as always and we'll talk to you in the next couple of days but ultimately with this story or anything else that stood out to you today i'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below because yes this is a new show but it's also a conversation now keep that conversation going make sure you like this video subscribe to the channel share the video and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.